Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure today to introduce to you Bailey Gabrish, who is a senior admissions counselor at Tulane University. Bailey, thanks for being with us, and how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. It is our pleasure and honor. Looking forward to a great conversation. So Bailey, let's get right to it. Tell us about yourself as it relates to being an admissions counselor and how did you end up in this position? Yeah, so I, I did study at Tulane, um, but I actually studied musical theater and for my whole life pretty much knew that that was what I wanted to pursue. So when I graduated from Tulane, I decided to stay in New Orleans just to perform locally and build up a resume. But I also knew at the same time I needed to have kind of a regular day job. Um, but for a long time, I had no clue what I wanted to do. And I saw all these other seniors getting jobs and I still had no clue what I was gonna do after college. Um, but I did know that I loved Tulane. I loved the environment. I loved the people. And so I, thought about staying within the Tulane community. So I was applying to different jobs at Tulane, applied to a bunch, didn't get them. Um, and I was kind of ready to give up, but eventually a friend said, hey, I gave tours when we were in college and the admission office is looking for an admission counselor. Um, I know you're looking for a job, so why not try this out? So I said, okay. And as I learned more about the position just through uh, the job posting and the interview, and then eventually getting the job, I realized how well it fit who I was as a person, especially with my musical theater background. And now I get to spend every day working with students, public speaking, which I love, and just talking about how much I enjoyed my experience at Tulane. Well, that's a great intro. Thank you so much, Bailey. And I could tell you there are so many students that want to apply and ultimately attend Tulane. So tell us, what is it about Tulane University both inside and outside of the classroom that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply? Yeah, so I think academically, or just in general, there are a lot of reasons why students want to apply to Tulane. And the great thing is there are so many different reasons that students do apply that you don't really end up with this cookie cutter type student at Tulane. You really have students with 
a huge variety in interests, backgrounds, hobbies. So on the academic side, I would say students are really interested in two main things, and that's research and service. So Tulane is a tier one research university, which means we have the highest level of research activity possible for a university. We fall within the top 2% of universities nationwide in terms of research. And because we're a medium-sized institution, students can get involved in research as early as their freshman year on campus. So for students who are interested in that, it's a great place to do research, whether you're in the hard sciences or not. Now talking about service, Tulane was the first private research institution to require service learning in order to graduate. So you actually have to complete classes or research or internships that count as a service requirement. So a lot of times I see students applying who are really interested in service and involved in service throughout high school, and they wanna continue that involvement in public service in college. See that a lot. Now, another great reason to apply to Tulane is you don't actually have to apply into any specific school or major. So you just have to get into Tulane and from there you can take courses in any of our five undergrad schools, any of our 75 plus majors, and no separate application is ever required, like I said, to get into a specific school or major. Once you're at Tulane, you don't have to declare your major until the end of your sophomore year. So that's two years for you to just totally explore and take courses in any area that you'd like. You know, whether it's something you know you're interested in, maybe a science or in liberal arts, or whether it's something you've never tried before, like glass blowing. We have that as an option <laughs> available too. <laughs> um, I think also, you know, in terms of student life, we have tons of options available to you. We have over 200 student-run organizations on campus. That ranges from everything like what you would typically see on a college campus. So student government, student unions, club and intramural sports, Greek life. But then we have some more obscure clubs and organizations like Quidditch. If you're a Harry Potter fan and you wanna be on the Quidditch team, <laughs> we have a rollerblading club that started just a couple of years ago um, in New Orleans there are a lot of stray cats around so we have some cats that have taken up residency on our campus and we have a campus cats organization dedicated to taking wow. care of them <laughs> that's so, terrific yeah a lot of different things one thing that's actually happening this upcoming weekend is called Crawfest. it's a student-run music festival that we hold on our campus every spring and each year we bring in live music local vendors we've had mardi gras dance troops come and perform but the main event of crawfest is that they boil 20,000 pounds of crawfish right on campus. Wow, it is, <laughs> that's yeah. a lot of crawfish. <laughs> it's a lot, <laughs> but totally free for students. So if you're kind of looking for a little bit more of an interesting social life, then Tulane <laughs> might be the place for you. And that kind of ties into the last reason that I think students are really drawn to Tulane, which is New Orleans. Just being honest, New Orleans is not the place for everyone. It is a very lively city. But I know for me, I was from a small town in Maryland. And so when I was looking for colleges, I really wanted a place that was going to be different um, in terms of culture, in terms of history from where I grew up. So that was a huge draw for me. Uh, my college experience was a little interesting. My parents, they love New Orleans and they brought me down here to visit because they wanted me to go to school in New Orleans. <laughs> um, and naturally, because I was a stubborn high schooler, I didn't wanna do what my parents wanted me to do. But I went to campus for an event we have called Campus Preview Day and the jazz band was playing and it was like this instantaneous click that New Orleans was just where I had to be because I realized how much culture and tradition is in this city 
that I wasn't going to get anywhere else. Um, so if those reasons aren't enough for you, our application is free. So it never <laughs> hurts to apply anyway. Well, those are fantastic reasons. And I love how you talked about what was true to you in terms of what you were looking for in a university. And I'm glad that, you know, not only did you go to Tulane and have a great experience there, here you are still working. And I know that you're an awesome ambassador for them and we're thrilled and lucky to have you here today. So thank you for that intro. Bailey, how many applications do you review a year and do you represent a specific region? Yeah, so this year and last year, we had about 45,000 applications wow. total come in, which is a lot. <laughs> um, but as an admission counselor myself, I probably personally review maybe around 600, give or take. So my two main territories are Long Island, New York and Southern New Jersey. Recently, our New York counselor moved on to a new position. So in the meantime, I'm also covering Brooklyn and Queens, um, but that may just be temporary, maybe permanent, I don't know. <laughs> um, but most of the time, I'm the one reading the applications from these areas. Well, that's terrific. So Bailey, can you walk us through the process of how you evaluate so many applications? Are there teams of people representing different regions? If so, how many applications is each group reviewing? Any insight that you could give us into the process is always appreciated. Yeah, so each region has only one counselor here at Tulane, and they are the ones reading the applications from their regions. Typically, we're reviewing in the winter, um, right after our decision rounds are due, and we'll have a certain amount of applications to read each day. So most of the time, we could be reading anywhere from 50 to 80 applications in a single day. Um, that means, as an admission counselor, I'm probably taking less than 10 minutes to read your whole application. Wow. Don't let that scare you. <laughs> we are professionals. We know how to read them quickly and still take a look at everything. Um, but here at Tulane, an admission counselor will make a preliminary decision on the application. And then from there, the application will move up to our dean who works on putting together the class as a whole. Now, even though the dean does make the final call, that doesn't mean that admission counselors no longer have any opportunity or say on how the application ends up, right? So admission counselors at Tulane do get the opportunity to buy for students. So the dean will give me a time period where I can go to him and say, hey, this student is great and they need to be here, you need to admit them. So that's why at Tulane, making a positive relationship with your admission counselor can be really beneficial for your application throughout the process. Well, that's great advice in terms of making a relationship or cultivating a relationship with your admissions counselor. How would you recommend that a student do that? So there are tons of different ways that you can do that. Um, first is reaching out to me, but I do always say reach out with a purpose. Don't just reach out for no reason. You know, usually you're reaching out because you attended an event that you really enjoyed and you just want to let me know about it. Um, or maybe you have some important questions on how to start the process. So that's great. You can always stay in contact with me throughout the process. I'm always happy to hear from students and help them. Um, other ways that you'll end up making relationships besides email are through attending events, which I'll talk about a little later on. Um, if you ever come to campus, you're welcome to reach out to me and I'm more than happy to meet with you within reason. Don't ask me to meet on a Saturday. Um, <laughs> or, you know, we will travel to your area. So I'll come and do high school visits and do other events in the area. And those are great ways to for us to start forming that relationship if I see you in person and can start putting a name to a face. Well, those are great pieces of advice. 
exactly to cultivate what you just said, putting a name to and a face to the application. So we really appreciate that insight, Bailey. Bailey, what is the average profile of the current freshman class at Tulane University? So our average GPA this year fell between a 3.7 and a 3.8, which is unweighted and recalculated, um, which I'll talk about a little later on, but we recalculate those GPAs just to put everybody on an equal playing field. Um, we were test optional this year and we will be test optional again. So for anybody who's applying for entry in the fall of 2023, if you're a junior thinking of applying to Tulane, you don't need a test score to apply. But our average SAT is about the same as it was last year. So we're looking at a 1430 to a 1530, and the average ACT is falling between a 31 and a 34. Terrific. So you mentioned that you recalculate the GPA as indicated on a high school transcript. How do you do so? Yes, so we recalculate GPAs and those calculations are mainly based off of your core curriculum classes and a letter grade. So an A, even if it's an AP class, we're gonna count an A as a 4.0 and so on and so forth. Now GPA is not the only thing that we take into consideration when assessing your academics. So we're also gonna look at your rigor of courses. Are you challenging yourself in school, taking those honors, AP, IB courses, whatever you may have available. So. Recalculated GPA is not the end-all be-all, but we do it, like I said, to put everybody on an equal playing field. Well, we appreciate that insight. Thank you so much. And Bailey, I would imagine that students applying to Tulane University have an A-plus average while taking some of the most rigorous courses their high schools have to offer. What else do you look for when making your final admissions decision? Yeah, so the great thing about Tulane is we do what's called holistic review. So we're not just gonna look at your academics or your test score and throw out the application. We're taking a look at everything that you gave us and I usually break that down into five categories. So the first, as I already mentioned, is academics. So that's gonna be based on your unweighted recalculated GPA, your test score if you decide to submit one, and your rigor of courses. Next, we'll take a look at your extracurriculars. So what were you involved in? Did you hold leadership positions? Were you consistent? Parents will probably be very happy to hear this, but students, we love to see when you have a job on your resume, so go get a job. Next, we'll take a look at your essays. The main two for Tulane are gonna be your personal statement, and then we have an optional Y Tulane statement, okay? Air quotes around optional, because for us, that essay really isn't optional. That is your one chance to explain why you think you'd be a good fit at Tulane. So we wanna hear your side of the story. Then we take a look at your guidance counselor letter of recommendation. That's the only one that we require, but you're welcome to submit more. Now we do usually say after about two more letters of recommendation, they kind of all start to sound the same. Um, so if you're submitting extra, two is just fine. You don't need to submit 10 extra letters of recommendation. And then finally, we do take a look at demonstrated interest. So if you're attending events on campus or in your area, if you've ever done any virtual events, if you decide to do an interview, all of that goes toward your demonstrated interest. Now, I do want to add a little disclaimer here that demonstrated interest means genuine interest in a university. Okay, so you're attending events, you're emailing me because you want to and because you're genuinely excited about Tulane. Demonstrated interest is not emailing me to say, hi, Bailey, I'm emailing you to demonstrate my interest. Thanks, bye. I get that all the time. <laughs> I really do. And it's so obviously not genuine, and it's an immediate sign that 
you're probably not really interested in Tulane. You're just trying to work the system. Okay, so please don't email me that. If you're not interested in Tulane, that is okay. Admission counselors are here to help you find the university that fits best for you. So it doesn't have to be Tulane if you don't want it to be. Well, those are great pieces of advice. I love the idea of informing students to show demonstrated interest when in fact they really want to go to Tulane and not to just do it, like you said, to work the system or to gain the system. I also appreciate what you said about the essay and how quote unquote optional is really not optional. And I hope that the students and parents really listen to that point because many times what a student will do is they'll write a well-thought-out essay, and then they'll see that there's a supplemental essay or a quote-unquote optional essay, and they spend one-tenth of the time on that essay, frankly, just to get it done. Not a good idea, students. If you're interested in, for example, Tulane University, and they have an optional Why Tulane essay, that essay is really not optional, and you need to put the same time and effort into that essay than you did in the previous one. So Bailey, those are great pieces of advice and I really appreciate you sharing. Um, And we're gonna come back to the essay uh, in in a couple of minutes, but I wanted to ask you, I know that Tulane offers students the option of applying early decision, which of course is binding. If a student applies ED, Bailey, is there a better chance they will actually be admitted? What advice would you give a student considering applying ED? Yeah, so just to preface the question, I'll explain just a little bit about the options that we do have in terms of application rounds. When you apply, you can do the Common App, but we also have a two-lane application. We literally don't care which one you fill out. So whichever you'd rather do, that's totally fine with us. Honestly, I prefer to read the Common App. The two-lane app looks (laughs) a little weird on our end. Um, When you apply, we have four rounds that you can apply. So the first is early decision, which as we said, is binding. That's due November 1st. The second is early action. That's non-binding due November 15th. Last year, we did add early decision two as an official round to our our options. So that's due January 12th. And then regular decision is due January 15th. So statistically speaking, out of all of our rounds, ED, both ED1 and ED2, they do have the highest acceptance rate. And part of that is just because they're smaller rounds. You have less people applying. It's a smaller pool of applicants. So I always say, you know, don't apply ED unless you are 110% sure that Tulane is your top choice. And if Tulane is a financially viable option for you and your family. So that means don't apply ED just to try and work the system because if finances fall through and you can't follow through with your ED contract, that means you're no longer admitted to Tulane for that year. And I've seen this a few times as an admission counselor where students apply ED because they really want to get in, but then in the end, the finances don't end up meeting what the student needs and they have to pull out of their ED contract. And it's always a really sad situation for the students who want to be here. And also for us admission counselors who make relationships with you and we're sad to see you go. Um, Tulane does have a high price tag. We are aware of that. So I would say if you're unsure about finances, apply early action. It's still a great round to apply. It's not bad at all. Now, like I said, because we added ED2 to our decision rounds this year, you can decide on early decision a little bit later in the process. So 
if you decide later on that Tulane is your top choice or if you're deferred from early action and you don't want to go into the regular decision round, you can choose to go into ED2 instead. Again, that's still a great option. Also, just in general, don't apply ED if you're not serious about a university. If you apply ED somewhere and you're admitted, you're expected to withdraw your applications from all other universities. And if you don't do that, or if you apply to ED to a school and you're really not serious, you're taking spots away from other students who actually want to go to that university. So make sure, like I said, that you're 110% sure Tulane is the school for you. Well, that's great advice, Bailey. Thank you again. And I know that you mentioned that early action is, of course, non-binding. And if you apply as such, the deadline is November 15th. Are there any benefits in applying early actions, such as more scholarship opportunities? Yes, there are benefits to applying early action. And as you just said, the biggest benefit is merit scholarship. So we have a smaller pool of merit money available for ED applicants, whereas the pool of merit money is larger for our early action round. So students who are admitted through early action are more likely to receive merit, and they're more likely to receive a bigger merit scholarship than they would if they applied early decision. The other benefit of early action is it's still an early round, so you're still showing a high amount of demonstrated interest because you're applying early. And for Tulane, I always recommend a student apply through one of our early rounds because regular decision is our most competitive round at Tulane. Thank you so much for that insight, Bailey. I know that Tulane is test optional, as are many colleges and universities throughout the country. However, if a student does not choose to submit their SAT or ACT scores, how does that affect their chances of being admitted? And does it have influence on merit-based scholarships or financial aid? So whether you submit a test score, you'll still be reviewed exactly the same way and you'll still be eligible for merit scholarships and need-based financial aid. I would say that you should look at the test scores more like an added bonus on an application. So even for students who do decide to submit a test score, it's not going to be weighed as the most important thing on your application. It's kind of just a piece of additional information about you. Now, that being said, I always encourage students to use test optional to their advantage because I can't tell you the number of students that have submitted a test score, even when I've advised them not to submit their test score. <laughs> and it actually ends up hurting their application rather than helping it. So my advice is only submit scores that fall within our average ranges that I mentioned earlier. Don't submit anything less than a 1400 SAT or a 30 ACT. Remember, if you submit your score, it will still be reviewed. So it's not always beneficial to submit them. Well, that's a great point and certainly a topic that a lot of students and their parents are a little nervous about. I've certainly received quite a few emails on this topic, which leads me to my next question. Bailey, could you share with us the percentage of admitted students that didn't submit test scores but were in fact accepted at Tulane University? Yeah, it's about 45% of students who were admitted did not have a test score. So it's honestly pretty even between students with and without test scores. Well, we really appreciate you sharing that insight and I hope that the students and parents are listening because that's a very important piece of information. Bailey, how important are students' courses in progress and grades in their senior year? So when looking at senior year, we're more so looking at your rigor of courses rather than your progress reports. We want to see that you're continuing to challenge yourself even through senior year. Um, so don't let your senioritis get the best of you. We still want to see those <laughs> honors and AP courses in your senior year. 
The only time that we're really asking for mid-year grades or progress reports is if a student has been deferred or waitlisted, then we would use those senior year grades as additional information to help us make a decision later on. Terrific. And earlier you mentioned the quote-unquote optional Y2 Lane essay, which we know is not really optional. So what are some examples of the Y2 Lane essay that really stuck out with you? And when you read it, you thought, you know, I would really love to see this student on campus. Yeah. So I've I've had some Y2 Lane essays stick out in both good and bad ways. So to start with a, a bad example, I had a student who compared Tulane to a salad um, and they said like <laughs> the campus is the lettuce and the students are the croutons. And I, I could see where the student was going, but it just didn't hit the right way. I think they were trying to be, it's a little too metaphorical. Um, but some good examples of Y2 Lane essays that did stick with me. Um, I had one student who chose to write in a bit of a different way than a typical essay. So they wrote basically a day of what their schedule would be like in the life of a Tulane student. So it said 8 a.m., wake up in my dorm, get ready, head to breakfast at the dining hall, 9 a.m., head to my biology class with this professor. And it got really specific and I could tell the student had really done their research. Now, another great example, I had a student who told a specific story about how their parents had met on this bench on Tulane's campus, um, and then they brought it full circle and talked about how they want to sit on the same bench, and it was, it was honestly a tearjerker. Some of these essays do almost bring me to tears because <laughs> they're so <laughs> sentimental, which is great. Um, but just some pieces of advice for the Why Tulane essay. We like to say that a story always sticks better than facts. So rather than writing an essay that just says, I like Tulane because it's in New Orleans. Well, everybody likes Tulane because it's in New Orleans, right? <laughs> Tell your specific story. What made you fall in love with Tulane? How you heard about Tulane in the first place? Why you want to be a student here? Because your story is going to be totally unique to you. And that's what's going to make you stand out. And also just make sure you get your facts right. It's roll wave, not roll tide. Spell building <laughs> names correctly, spell club names correctly. All you have to do is do a quick Google search, right? So never copy and paste either because admission counselors will be able to tell when you've written a generic Y college essay that can apply to any school. And y'all will just eventually mess up and end up sending a Y2 Lane essay that starts off with, I would love to go to Georgia Tech because it happens every right. year. So right. write a new essay every time you're writing a Y whatever essay. And that's tremendous advice because particularly with schools like Tulane University that are competitive, it's very important to write specific to the program that they're applying to, or if they're talking about a club, a professor, a course, whatever it is that they want to write about, that they're not writing about, like you said, another university, when in fact they're talking about Tulane and vice versa. So it's important, students, not to have that general, why do you want to go to college essay and just send it you know, to the 12, 15 schools that you're applying to. But if you're very serious about attending a school, especially like Tulane University that is uh, competitive, to be very thoughtful and mindful in terms of what you're writing specific to Tulane University or frankly any university that you're applying to. So thanks for that insight, Bailey. Much appreciated. And lastly, what are the three top pieces of advice you would give a student and their parents who are getting ready for the college process? 
Yeah. So let me start with my advice for parents. And I say <laughs> this all out of, out of love. Parents, we love you, but we do not want to hear from you. Okay. <laughs> um, and like I said, I say that in the nicest way possible. But this is the student's process, and we really want to be hearing from the student. So when you're coming in for an event, we want the student to be the one to introduce themselves at the registration table. When there's a question about the application process, we want the student to be the one asking it. I mean, imagine how weird it sounds when I get an email from a parent that says, my kid loves Tulane. And it's like, well, if your kid loved Tulane, why wouldn't your kid be emailing me, right? So. We are trying to make relationships with the students. So when I'm reading an application, I want to be able to imagine the student, not the parent. And going along with that, parents don't write emails or letters for your kid. We can totally tell when it's not a 16 year old on the other end of the, of the computer. <laughs> Moving on to students, I would say start researching now because senior year is gonna be really busy. And the best thing you can do is to just plan ahead and start your college research early. One thing that I did when I was applying to schools and I always suggested to students is to make a spreadsheet to compare universities. And you can put everything on there from price, location, clubs and majors, application deadlines, what's required for the application, and any other criteria that's important to you. And that will really help you decide which universities are best for you because there are a lot of universities to choose from. And my last piece of advice, this one sounds very cliche, but do not stress over the things that you can't control. You have to recognize that there are things that you just cannot control. You can't control a school's acceptance rate. You can't control the grades that you've already gotten in your freshman, sophomore, and junior years, right? You can't control factors like COVID that might have had an impact on your involvement. So focus instead on the things that are within your control, like how you conduct your college research, how much effort you put into your college essays, which we talked about, which classes you decide to take for senior year, how you communicate with your admission counselor, all of those things are just as important to your application process, but there's no use stressing over things that you can't change. And that being said, this is a very nerve wracking time, but it's also a really exciting time. So enjoy learning about colleges and just thinking about your future. No matter where you end up, you can always make the most of your college experience. Well, Bailey, those are great pieces of advice, and I can't thank you enough for your insight and your time today. I know that it's helping a lot of students and their parents, and we are so grateful for everything that you shared with us. So thank you so much, and we hope to have you back on the show for a future episode. Of course, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.